Hi, this is Kalia. And this is Chris. And this is It's, it's a, a Queer, queer thing. thing. On this show, we focus on politics, civil rights, news, and entertainment. And on this show, we have special guests and interviews focusing on issues relevant to the LGBTQ plus community. So let's get to it. Hey, Chris. Hey, Kalia. How are you doing? I'm okay. Happy We're in November, the <laughs> middle of November. Dude, what is going on here? Thanksgiving is less than a week away. Can you believe it? I am not okay. <laughs> There's something about the end of the year that it just speeds up time. It's like a freaking snowball heading it down is. a mountain. There you go. Well, and also it's warm, so it doesn't feel like fall. I mean, today right. it was like cloudy, but it gets dark and it's hot. I don't know, man. It's, it's um, weird. My whole insides are all confused. But you know what November means? I don't know if it means this to everybody, but I I think it means that to a lot of people in our community, November is when the Transgender Day of Remembrance is. Yes. And um, it's, a, it's a pretty special day. It's a whole special week. It's a whole special thing. I saw somebody, somebody very wise, posted on Facebook and said, all the best people are trans or love trans people, or maybe are both. And I have to agree. So yeah. um, that wise person was a kick-ass catcher for the kickball team. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're, we're two minutes in. We're two friggin' minutes in. <laughs> yep, yep. Anyways, okay, so just so that people know, Transgender Day of Remembrance was founded in 1999 by transgender advocate Gwendolyn Ann Smith as a vigil to honor Rita Hester, a transgender woman who was killed in 1998. And the vigil commemorates the one-year anniversary of Hester's death and all of the transgender people lost in violence that year. That includes self-harm violence, just in case yes. you didn't know. That initial event began the worldwide observance that is the annual Transgender Day of Remembrance. And, of course, there's events all over the place, and we want to highlight a few. Um, specifically, the, the Day of Remembrance takes place usually around the 20th. It's right after the week. The, the week is usually like the 13th through the 19th mm -hmm. or the 14th through the 21st or whatever. So the one, there's two that we're going to promote, and I'm going to promote this one real fast. The Fresno County Sexual Orientation, Gender Identity, and Expression Committee would like to invite everybody to the Fresno County Transgender Day of Remembrance. They are going to be hosting it at the county building. It's on November 20th from 10 till noon, and it will take place in the Fresno County Hope Plaza, which is in Clovis. And here's the thing. For the first time in Fresno County history, Fresno County will be raising the LGBTQ flag on the flagpole in Clovis and observance in Clovis. Of, of this transgender The thing. LGBT flag or the trans flag? It which says one? LGBT, so, so okay. yeah, we'll see. It's probably the all-inclusive flag, I'm which is fine. Sure. Anyways, Clovis, I'm, and, and the, we have one at Fresno State, yep, too, right? The Fresno State is actually on the same day, also on the 20th, and it is from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. Um, I think there's going to be candles, and our dear friend Drew from PFLAG will be speaking at that one. Yeah, so and we have posted uh, the flyer for this, the Fresno State event. I don't know if we have the one for the other on our Facebook page, but we will. All right, so we we probably all know the big news that happened recently, which was the Fresno County Board of Supervisors voted to approve the Parents Matter resolution. I'm getting his goat button ready, people here. Well, right there. They right. voted to pass this... Yeah. Stupid, stupid resolution, which, if you don't know, we covered it on our, our last show. We've covered it all over the place. They are setting up a committee... To review and approve of books that will go into the children's section of the library. Right. Forgetting for a second, or for all the seconds, that there is current library staff who actually, actually do that. Actually do their you know, job, yeah. Um, our professionals actually trained, etc. No, no, this will be a panel of, oh, not 15, 15 as the original. What, 12? No, 11, because it has to be an odd, odd number. number. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Appointed by the Board of Supervisors mm -hmm. themselves. Not yes. voted in, not... not yeah. And apparently, even though it is called Parents Matter, you don't actually have to be a parent to be right. on this committee. Exactly. You, you just have to be over 18 and, you know, a fan of the... I, there's there's nothing I mean, in the resolution that explains the process. Right. Of, you know, it just smells scam all over the place. It, it really does. Um, it was just disappointing. So, yeah, just so you guys know, five uh, county board supervisor members, Pacheco voted against it, uh, Quintero voted against it, Brandau, 
Mendez and Magsig all voted for it. Mendez was on the fence, so we're thinking maybe, maybe. he might change his mind. When's the next meeting, Kaylee? So, well, okay, so here's what happened. It's a provisional approval because Mendez said that, hey, there's no room for appeal. Um, also, I want, you know, it actually like written in that it's going to be changed this number from 15 to 11, and he made some other requests. And so with the uh, changes that were kind of created out of whole cloth, just pulled out of thin air during the meeting, then he would approve, which I don't know about the Board of Supervisors. That just doesn't seem very legal to me to be like, oh, yeah, I approve of something that is not actually written down yet. I'm sure yeah, it'll be yeah. exactly how you're phrasing it, whatever. This Anyways, is new territory. But so tell th- us what happened th- at the meeting. Well, okay, so at the meeting, they, they did their talking. They said that they wanted to hear public comment. You guys, there were like 200 people outside and over 2,000 emails people had, had sent messages in. They allowed 10 minutes for public comment comment and limited people to two minutes each it was it was a farce Uh, um even though in those 10 minutes more people spoke out against this resolution than for it so there was that at least but and the crowd outside was definitely an against it kind of a crowd and we've been to other meetings where they allowed everybody to speak everybody who wanted to speak and yeah it takes four or five hours but people get to speak yeah well and this this was this was not that so it was uh not not great um the limited time the limited did they pop the limited time frame at the last minute and oh yeah yeah, right right as they, they said okay since there's a lot of people here today we're going to limit this keep it as uh, only 10 minutes long i guess because they were worried it would just take forever and you know people were mad and people had been standing in line supposed to take what time it takes to let the public some people speak. were standing in line for over an hour an hour and a half and didn't even get a chance to go in or wow. to register their their disappointment so anyway it's a provisional yes the actual the next vote will be this coming tuesday the 28th of november again at 9 30 in the morning at the fresno board of supervisors building which is downtown and uh, I will be there. Hopefully some other people will be there. At, you know, it probably is too late to stop it, but So the maybe 28th not. is not this coming Tuesday, but the Tuesday oh, after Thanksgiving. Oh, you're right, Thanksgiving. you're right, yes, yeah, yeah. Tuesday after Thanksgiving. Right. See, I'm already done with Thanksgiving in my head. I'm like, I've eaten the food, I've gained the weight, move on. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. No. <laughs> but um, yeah, the 28th. I was going to say something when you walked <laughs> That was the next meeting. And watch our Facebook. We'll definitely be posting about it. I think it's important to go and register our disgust and dismay. Absolutely. And remember, you can always send in a letter. Um, A lot of us did Mm -hmm. uh, that couldn't be there. And they do log those in some way, whatever that means. So speaking of letters, let's talk about this letter. See, I gave you the segue. I know you did. You're so good. It's like like we're a team or something. I can imagine. Yeah. So anyways, we were uh, shown this letter. Somebody sent it to us, and it's a letter to the Board of Supervisors um, in opposition of the Parents Matter Resolution, and it is signed by a whole bunch of librarians librarians and librarian-type people, and we have one of those wonderful people here with us today, Jenny Barnes. Jenny, you are here. Tell us who you are, what you do, and tell us about this letter. Sure. Hi, everyone. So I'm Jenny. I use they, them, she, her pronouns, and I'm a librarian at Fresno State. Awesome. So how did this letter get started? Who came up with the idea and what motivated you to be a part of it? So I get, uh, I'm in communication with uh, local organizers for all kinds of different calls to action. And so I was aware of the Board of Supervisors meeting and everything that led up to it. And when we were sent some kind of calls to action, talking points and things, I shared it with uh, my colleagues in the library. And actually from there, there were a couple other of uh, the librarians that we kind of had a side conversation about maybe we should have a joint letter. And so with the three of us, we composed a joint letter and then shared it with um, the rest of our library colleagues for anyone to opt in to uh, sign it. Mm-hmm. And add their name as well. So, and how many signatures? It, there's a long list. I think list. it's 23. Yeah, I it, when I eyeballed it, I got to 20, around 20. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to read just one little part of it, and you say we stand opposed to censorship and any effort to coerce belief, suppress opinion or punish those whose expression does not conform to what is deemed to be orthodox in history, politics, or belief. The unfettered exchange of ideas is essential to the preservation of a free and democratic society. Yes, obviously. So what was the response of this letter? From the Board of Supervisors? Well, from anybody. Like, what about <laughs> the yeah, we'd love to hear what the Board of Supervisors yes. <laughs> So I'm guessing they didn't, they didn't write they back. They had not responded. I've, I have um, 
commented before and sent them emails before and sometimes I've heard back, but I have not so far for this one. Okay. I think that our library workers and our, my colleagues, uh, a few of them were glad that we had a joint letter and there was something more that they could do and participate in because obviously a lot of us feel very strongly about um, censorship, but censorship is one part of it, but it's also very directly targeting the queer community. Right. And so we right. can't not say that too. Um, so I think that within my within my colleagues, we were glad that there was something we could organize to participate in speaking out against this and, and being in solidarity with our colleagues and the public library. We, I can't imagine what they're going through with so all I, of this. Can I ask you about mm-hmm. that? Because we have not been able to get a public library person on the show for whatever reason that is. Are, are, the, are there public librarians on this list that sign this letter? This is just employees from the Fresno State Library. So this is all Fresno State. Mm-hmm. Did you approach people? People in the public libraries and they said we can we can't we object whatever um this no we were just sending this um it was just the aim was just for the fresno state library okay. folks that wanted to opt in but um do you I communicate know, with the public librarians yeah we've we've tried to i do some events with them where they come to our library and sign up the students for public library cards um every september for library card sign up month <laughs> um but we did have a band books week event program um in or october they, I don't think they were able to participate at mm-hmm. the time. I, I think I don't want to speak for them because I don't. Yeah, all yeah, of this yeah. is from. That's why we wanted somebody on the show. Yeah, because yeah. we can't speak for them either. Yeah, yeah I, I think that they have more restrictions for how they can speak to these kinds of things, and even for ourselves uh, at Fresno State Library, we're all speaking for ourselves. We can't speak for the library. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just our individual um, opinions and right. Yeah. So um, I, I want this is the important question that Kaylee and I have not been able to get a response. Um, and we have talked about it, but we haven't had a librarian on to talk about this. What what is a librarian's duties in curating the stock that you have in the library? How does it work? What do you have to? How do you have to be educated to do it? And and give us some of that process. Mm-hmm. So, um, librarians, if you have the official librarian role, you do get a master's degree from an accredited program by the American Library Association. And then there are lots of different types of library jobs that you can have. Um, so some of them are working more with our collections and access to collections because we're kind of behind the scenes. And then we have our public services librarians who work more uh, with the patrons and do programs and teaching and things like that. So both of those different types of librarians work with the collections in different ways. In my role, um, I work with first-year students. I work with art and design students. And the different Fresno State librarians have different focuses. And they communicate with their departments to see what materials that they need and what they want. And we take that and we tell that to our collections librarians, to our administrators, to advocate for funding for a lot of these resources. And then we do a lot of of research and actually looking at publishers, looking at um, literary awards and things that um, can influence the decisions of of what what our collection looks like. Um, And of course, the library is for the people. So Mm -hmm. I always try to ask our students um in my context is that at Fresno State ask the students what they want to see as a faculty what they want to see and get that stuff you know (laughs) budgets are always an issue though Um, of course yeah did I answer your question yeah Mm -hmm. I I mean I have one quick follow-up so a lot of what people are talking about now on social media and in the press and all this is about graphic uh sexual content graphic sexual content and they've also lumped gender identity in with that as I don't know how that makes sense but and they're saying because we're not it's ba- all scary right right i mean we're not banning books we're just moving them to some dark dismal access. shelf in the back of the library mm-hmm. um do you i don't know if you can speak to that because you're in a different environment where you're with adults not children but um what do you think will happen basically if they take some of these books and move them to god knows where in the back of the library i mean it's just a slippery slope we already know right. we, we, this it's one step in what will come next you know right, exactly. is, is is more more actually banning them or restricting them and yeah. right because i mean we've all been places where things are restricted right mm-hmm. do you 
I mean, okay, I don't know if this is true for men, but I know as a woman, you go in to buy a razor, right? I just want a Schick Venus razor blade and they're locked up and then you got to ask somebody and then they got to come with the key and then they got to, so first you got to find an employee and then they have to find the person who has the key and then they have to come and lock it. And that's just to get a razor. <laughs> so can you imagine going to the library and now there's going to be a list posted of all the ones that have been moved out of the children's section and you're like you're standing there and you're, you're streaming down this list this is the book i want now you have to go talk to a librarian and say this is the book i want and then they have to go find it from wherever it is yeah, and then I, I bring mean, it out it's i think jenny's absolutely right it's a slippery slope thing because even if the books aren't banned they're just relocated mm -hmm. to someplace that's the first step we all know from history that's the first step toward banning it's still restricting access it's still restricting which is a access. form of censorship right for sure. exactly and then all the other groups that come after that mm -hmm. you know right that's, exactly that's and i don't think anyone's thinking about mm -hmm. that i think everyone oh they're going after the queers so that's great let's let them go after the queers and of course the sexual content which I could go on about, but let's just talk about the queers for a second. They're equating gender identity to sex, porn. which they don't even understand the difference between sex and gender identity, let alone porn. And so they're coming after us specifically to move us to the back of the room, but you're right. Who's next? Who are they mm -hmm. going to go after next? Are they going to go after black authors and mm -hmm. say that we don't want to talk about... Well, you know, yeah, in, you Florida, know in schools, exactly. they're talking about we don't want to talk about slavery anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and I mean, already with, with talking about identifying queer books, there a lot of the, those queer books are by black and brown authors. Right, So exactly. it's already and targeting those groups. Right. One of the mm -hmm. best books we read last year or this year was um, All Boys Aren't Blue. All Boys Aren't Blue. Yeah, yeah. George M. Johnson, who is a black queer person who wrote a memoir and it's been one of the most banned books but i want to go back to your banned book event that you had in october and you guys created a zine i've got it in my hand but you know this is an audio podcast so can you explain to our listeners what it is that i'm holding and why you guys created it yeah so we did an event uh, it was a creative writing workshop with a banned books theme and i did it with my good friend vanita blackburn who is a professor and author in fresno state and so she and i kind of co-facilitated it and we called it love letter to banned books because with all of the the hate and debate and this all of this stuff that's just so draining we wanted to have an event where we celebrate books mm -hmm. and everything that they give us everything that the stories that are hard to hear you know and and difficult like life experiences that they're based off of the the value that they give us and the value of discomfort is a part of learning so it was a really great event we had uh, different opportunities for students to kind of creatively express the books the first book they fell in love with we composed a joint love letter to banned books um, and we published all of that into a zine that we have physical copies but we also have a digital copy on our Fresno State website our Fresno State Library website it's called Scholar Works it's a digital repository so okay you can I check it out there I want to read because the love Part of the love letter is written on the back of this, and I really like this line right here. It's very poetic, and I really, and it has alliteration, which I like. Repetition, I'm sorry, not alliteration. Salute to visibility, salute to representation, and salute to resistance. I love that. I love that. That's yeah, great. It's beautiful. And how are you hearing from the students? What are your students at Fresno State saying about all this? Now, of course, you guys aren't censoring or banning books, but mm -hmm. what are they saying about the whole thing that's happening in, in, the, in society? Well, the at the event we had a definitely had a group of students that were uh, in support of banned books and reading and access and everything. But that doesn't mean that's every student's um, opinion. So that there's a lot of there's a lot of advocates for access and for you know books. But I, I'll say too, from my experience as teaching. Um, I do get students that push back on these kinds of things. Um, I I try to have open dialogue and, and um, have really like informed kind of practices when I talk about access to research and things. And I do hear from students that are definitely opposed to. So they're in support of, of maybe not censorship, but mm -hmm. you know, uh, I don't know what to call it besides, I think it's censorship, even mm -hmm. if you move it to the back of the room. All so the, yeah, all the, all the queer kind of 
issues and, and things like that, um, disagreeing with how people ident- choose to identify, wow. you know. So it's it's not just generational. There are ideas that spread and, and it Thank you. impacts everybody. Thank you, Jenny. I've been saying that all the time. It's the young people are not going to save the planet. We have to save ourselves. <laughs> Uh, but they're certainly going to help. That's what I think. We'll see. Yes. <laughs> One of us will be right. One of us will be dead. Yeah, she's yeah. wrong. He's older than me. Yeah, she's okay, wrong. Okay, so moving on. Jenny, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to tell us about your work or about the organization or letter or anything like that before um, we let you go? Well, I'll share because I, I my, my friend wasn't able to join, but mm-hmm. there is also a local group called Reforma, and they're a nationwide group that of of librarians, educators, authors, um, focusing on promoting uh, books for Spanish-speaking communities. And they have a local chapter um, who is hosting a letter-writing campaign on Monday uh, to get people to write letters of support uh, to the Board of Supervisors uh, against the um, resolution. resolution. So uh-huh. they're organizing that. I think actually yesterday they also had a community meeting. So they're doing a lot of um, advocacy too, and they're a great Is this group reform specifically about books, or is it, what is it? What Literature. Literature yeah. in general? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, disappointing that she wasn't able to be here today, but that is why we do multiple episodes a month, so maybe we can devote some actual time yeah, and have a this deeper interview. Yeah, this issue is not going anywhere definitely, clearly we've been covering not. it for months and it just keeps going and we'll definitely link to whatever we can find on the web for reforma on our facebook and on our instagram for sure well jenny thank you so much for being with us today we really appreciate you taking the time and thank you so much for your letter and for standing up yeah thank for you for standing up it's really important thank you for having me mm-hmm. okay i think we're gonna transition and move I'm gonna on have, i'm gonna give you a little quiz Kaylee. oh are you yeah oh, okay the one that you're not ready for like, i don't like this well you did it to me before <laughs> Four, so, um, <laughs> I want you remember when you said, What are the gayest cities? Oh, yeah, okay. So, uh-huh, this uh-huh. one's for you. So, sure. but this is more personal. Oh, okay, <laughs> no, personal to our podcast. Ah, uh, okay. Can you get, let's name the top 10 cities that tune in to It's a Queer Thing on a regular basis? Oh, okay, okay. So, Fresno right. has to be number one. Right. Um, I'm gonna be an optimist and say Clovis. Because Clovis is number four. Number four. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Merced. Cause you Merced, Merced is not on. <gasps> oh, Merced, you disappoint. Okay. Um, wow. So okay. Walnut Creek is number two. Walnut Creek? I know. It's weird. Well, hello, Walnut hell, Creek. No, no, we want to say hello. So hello, Fresno. Yes. Hello, Walnut Creek. Hello, Clovis. Sacramento is number three. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. that's that's my city. That's great okay. news. Yeah. Is okay. San Jose on there at all? San Jose's not. This is the top ten only. Oh, okay. I got to um, talk to Ashburn, which I have to say, I don't even know where Ashburn is, but Ashburn they're number is. five. Well, hello, hello Ashburn. Ashburn. Please tell us where you yeah. are. <laughs> now we have Clearwater. Okay. okay. I know where Clearwater hello, is. Hello, Clearwater. Hi. Mountain View. Oh, okay. That, that's, that's close. Yeah, yeah that's, we'll take that's that. Yeah, Mountain, Mountain View. Chicago. Well, hot damn. Is number eight. Thank you, Chicago. Yeah. Brussels. Brussels? Brussels. <laughs> Is number nine. That's crazy pants. And San Francisco is number ten. Well, that is awesome as well. And then top ten countries, and I'll just go down the list. Okay. I won't well, U.S. You with this. obviously. U.S. is number one. Uh, Belgium is yeah, number two. Okay. Well, Ireland is number three. Sure, sure. Sweden. Sweet. Yeah. India. Yeah. Hello, India. Canada. A. Spain. <laughs> What's that? Your Canadian A. A. Uh, Spain. Spain. Oh, sorry. Oh, yes. gosh. Okay. Uh, the UK. The UK. Got it. Argentini. Argentina. 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 <laughs> and Belize. Wow. Somebody's listening on vacation. That's Belize. Maybe. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what's not to love? Sit on the beach or somewhere and listen, yeah, to, our, really. listen to us in your ears. Okay. So I, I have to go back just a second to the Board of Supervisors meeting because we're all very upset, right? And Brandau is the one who introduced this and this man, uh, no, it's just bad. It's bad all around. And we know that his seat is coming up for, uh, you know, it's going to be open in March. And as of right now, 
the, I think leading in the polls of the person who's running against him would be Bredefeld, who's not a not a good com- replacement at all. So it was very demoralizing to be there at the meeting and to like walk down the stairs with this group of very disappointed people. But you know me, Chris. I always find the silver lining, and this time the silver lining was sitting outside with a sign. That's right. It's Dion Bordes, who is running in the march. And who is live in the studio live with right us. Here here, and he is going to try to unseat Brando, and we are so happy to have you here. So, Dion, say hello to the lovely people in Fresno and Brussels and Chicago and <laughs> India Belize. and Belize. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, awesome, awesome. So, Dion, tell us why you, you're doing this, why you're stepping into this pool. I'm doing it for several reasons, but what it really comes down to is I feel it's how I can be useful and make a difference in my community. You know, every day we actively choose the future, and the currently seasoned options don't really match up with what the average person considers the future of Fresno to really be. That's very well said, for sure. what's your view of the current makeup of the Fresno County Board of Supervisors? I don't think that that in any way reflects the average person in our community and and really what their values are. And I think that's really unfortunate, especially considering that the whole point of being a representative of the people is to represent the people. Exactly. You know, we've been to um, the Clovis School Board, the Clovis um, City City Council and other meetings. And I'm telling you. It's predominantly white across the board, predominantly male and older uh, and predominantly older. Um, not, not, not completely. Not completely, we but 90 percent. I mean, too. yeah, I mean, we just don't have diversity in these in these group, these governing groups. And that reflects on how they govern against the community. And I say against because of this resolution they just passed at the Board of Supervisors. What do you what's your take on this resolution? If we're talking specifically about the book ban, right. I think that it's nonsensical in so many different dimensions. Yes, agreed. So when I think about it, I think of, there's an old story about um, they wanted to take off, uh, the KKK wanted to come and visit a PBS station back south many, many years ago. And they were saying, you know, have people call in because we decided we're just going to shut down the station. And this uh, older African-American lady called in and she said, let them let show it. Let, let them show what they have because when you call, put it behind closed doors, that's when you have something to worry about and exactly. people have to make their own choices. And I really think it's a misuse of, of our resources. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many better things that we can do and it's really the illusion of safety rather than the reality of it. And there's so many other things that we can put this energy into rather than making it something that takes away from these other issues that need to be addressed in a much more critical way than whether or not you know somebody should read a book. At the yeah, end of the day, yeah. it makes no sense. So tell us a little bit because you're running what are the issues that you think are really important for Fresno Fresno community and and the the county at large you know I think there's a lot of different things that a lot of us can agree on Um, when it comes to the lack of representation I think that's definitely one Um, the reality is is there's a lack of accountability and transparency and oftentimes I think that we're actually treating the symptoms rather than diseases of the issues that are arising in our community and from what I've seen it really comes down to where the buck stops which is with the Board of Supervisors and I've tried many different times to have grievances addressed to have different issues that I found within Fresno County um, looked at and it doesn't seem to be like they even give a crap about us, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. So, sure. to what's your what's your history, your personal history? Have you been in politics before? Or is this the first step? The last time I ran for politics was in sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> then did you win? I did not. Brian Melchizuki definitely beat me. Okay, I still remember the wow. name of who beat him. I love it. <laughs> That's okay. Brian's not here, so you're winning in my book because you get to hang out with us. Brian's vacationing in Belize. I think he's listening to us. That's probably what's happening. So, yeah, okay. So you obviously got motivated recently, or is this running for public office? Yeah, what makes you want to do this? Yeah, what was your... It's an ugly thing, politics these days. (laughs) What activated you? You know, it's it's always been something I've been interested in to a certain extent. Um, It's always something that I thought in the right circumstances might make sense. But really the driving force of this is wanting to make a difference in my community and seeing the huge disconnect between the people in power and what the desires of the people in our community actually are. It's, It's beyond disheartening and I've spent years 
trying to find ways to address the different grievances that I've become aware of, and there doesn't seem to be any desire to do so. And it's really disheartening when you see something like so many people in our community going out to, spe to taking their time to speak to the Board of Supervisors, and you know they sit in a little room that's only got space for 100 people so that they don't have to hear what you have to say. Yeah. You know, it's, it, there's so many different things that don't make sense with the whole situation. Although I think that was a very conscious choice because we've sat in other rooms where there mm -hmm. were as many or more people and mm -hmm. the the last board meeting or last school we went to the school board meet I went to the school board meeting in Clovis it lasted five hours they let everybody that wanted to speak got to speak yeah. so do you think that it was because they didn't have the time to have everybody speak or do you think they didn't want people heard I think it's as easy as walking down to City Hall and seeing that they have a giant two-story building, and it's not a coincidence that the Board of Supervisors choose to close their doors and only have 100 people able to get in them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because in Clovis, they had overfill rooms. They, they had way too many people, but they had overfill rooms, and those people came in when they wanted to speak. Everybody got a chance. Yeah. So no, don't even go into the budget, which they passed without having public comment. You know, $4.5 billion. They don't give a crap what we have to say or what our opinions are. They've yeah. already got their deals, and they know what they want to do. They just need us to put in office and at the end of the day that's what I'm here to do is be another option and yeah. I think a lot of people you know who really pays attention to the Board of Supervisors until something like this happens do a lot of people pay attention I don't know that they do I don't think anybody pays attention to the Board of Supervisors for the most part and it makes sense you know they're not somebody that you see in your day-to-day -day life somebody mm -hmm. who who you hear about on the news that's part of the reason why I think that they purposefully have themselves in a little corner in the Hall of Records so that they're not in front of the people that put them in office and so they can do those backdoor deals yeah, yeah. because yeah. they're not they're not beholden to us exactly well and I think that when we talk about you know the elections and how elections matter people get really you know focused on national elections which definitely matter but I think that these local government things and the trustees for the for the college boards and who's on the school board and and who's on the board of supervisors they matter because they're the ones making decisions that are going to affect our day-to-day -day when I go to the library whether or not there's books on the shelves or there's you know they're not on the shelves so yeah, yeah. And I just want to read I, I looked this up today um, and this is from their site so who knows but this is what it says about <laughs> who they are and what they do the Fresno County Board of Supervisors makes decisions on county-wide services, including elections, voter registration, law enforcement, jails, vital records, tax collection, public health, and social services. They also serve as the local government for all unincorporated areas. I don't hear anything in here about controlling libraries, libraries or yeah. content. No, librarian's job. That's why they make $150,000 a year. Yeah. 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 And it should stay I the mean, do you job. think this is just such an overreach that it's going to be, I mean, because you, we've, you know, we've talked about this with all the book bans that are going on, even up and down California, and the state attorney general is probably going to step in at some point, do you think, and just say, look, you can't do this. I was just reading earlier, the ACLU said that they believe that it is illegal. Mm -hmm. um, I really think it's a giant bait and switch and a strategic decision by right. Brandau to be beholden to his base. Mm -hmm. as well as to get us to be talking about this rather than all the other issues right, exactly. that are really serious issues going on in Fresno rather than something that, to be honest, is more periphery issue. It's not something that, that right. should be ignored. It's, it's also, in a lot right. of ways, it's a waste of time. It's That's not day-to-day -day life for right, well, We have homelessness issues. We have health care issues. We have infrastructure issues. And I think we in the <laughs> queer community really understand this because it's been happening our whole lives, they spe and especially during elections. They go after us or drag queens or the queer community or whatever because the public gets riled up and he riles up his base and they come out ignoring all these other issues that we're talking about mm -hmm. and just vote on this particular issue. Yeah, wedge issues are a thing for real. Right. So tell us about your campaign. How's it going? I've seen your signs. There's one actually in my neighborhood. Uh, I walk past it every day, so that's kind of fun to see. But how's the campaign going? Have you launched? Do you have a website? What's going on? From my perspective, I think it's going very well. Okay. Um, strategically, um, my first step was to put out those signs for name recognition. I think that's the first thing that I would need in this, especially since I'm actually running against three people currently. We have Brandau, Bredenfeld, and Dictos is actually running in the same race. Oh so we have three seasoned politicians that are all on the same side of the political spectrum and espouse the same viewpoints. All um, running I, for Brandau's seat? Exactly. So okay. I'm the only person that doesn't really fit that same mold. I believe sees themselves as a representative of their constituency. Uh, when it comes to the other 
facets of my campaign. Um, I do have a website that is not up and running yet, but I can give you the address for that as well right now, as well as I'll have a Facebook up very shortly. And I do have a number that you can call if you have any questions, concerns, um, want to talk about or volunteer, donations, any other information that you feel might be something so yeah, you want give me us, to hear. Give us all that info. Yeah, for sure. Well, if you're looking to get a hold of me, my email is going to be Dion, D-I-O-N, at Borde, B-O-U-R-D-A-S-E, dot com. So it's just my first name, at last name, dot com. Make it really easy for everybody. Okay. Same thing with the website, just my last name, dot com. And my Facebook, of course, is going to be under my name and Board of Supervisors. But a phone number that you, if you'd ever like to reach me, um, you have any questions, concerns, anything like that, the number is going to be 559-908-6868. And that number will change at some point, most likely. But at this time, you're welcome to reach me at 559-908-6868. And I will do my best to respond based on the urgency and order received, of course. Of course. Are you going to be doing um, local events? Are you going to be canvassing and walking neighborhoods? What What's the next plan for your, uh, besides getting that website up and running, because, you know, we need that. But other than that, what are your next steps for this campaign? Well, I think that's one of the most important steps. Yes, besides I agree. Besides name recognition, <laughs> I think going out and meeting people and speaking to them and finding out what they desire. I've actually had the, the privilege of doing so in a couple neighborhoods. Okay. Um, but I do plan on having a much more widely dispersed effort occur, um, in which I'm going to have volunteers, including myself, go out and provide some information to speak to people, find out who they're voting for, but more importantly, um, what their concerns are, because at the end of the day, it's not as much about whether or not I get in to the Board of Supervisors, but whether or not we can change the, the conversation, the narrative that Fresno is having written for them right now. And I think that, that there's so many people here that don't think that anybody that's running is a good fit and that's fine i encourage those people to go out put your own name in the box because that's how we make a difference so i mean i totally agree with you there are so many issues across the city and the county but of course we're representing the queer community what would you say to the queer community to vote you in I would say that my vision of Fresno is about being inclusive. I think we're all one giant family. I think in reality, Fresno is a place where every voice should matter and should be heard. We should be a place where consensus and rational thought are used to come to reasonable compromise on the best of our community. I think that the, right now there's a lot of barriers to public service and to having our grievances addressed when we really deserve and I want to create a safe and inclusive, prosperous community for all and not just for some. Okay. All right. Well, Dion, we really appreciate you being on the show today. And when do you think you have your website's going to be up? I'm looking at by the end of the weekend. Okay. Maybe okay. shorter. It all depends cool. on making sure that it's up to snuff. Right, right, right. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, we know all about that. And I'm going to post the picture of your sign that's on the corner of one of the streets near where I live <laughs> so that people can know when you see that big red sign that that's what it is. So, is there anything else cool. you want to say before we go? Just that I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. And that I, I really think that you guys are doing a great thing. And I'm really looking forward to having some say, or for all of us, I should say, and having some say in what ends up happening with that book ban because I really don't think it's going to stand. And so, as much as it kind of stings a little bit right now, I think it's just about taking our time and it'll all work out in the I, end. I think we have an idea of that too. And the, at least some of us in the back of our heads that mm -hmm. there's no way this is going to stand and this is political theater and mm -hmm. but at the, but, the same yeah at but, the same time we all said but. that Trump will never get elected right. and then well, exactly. we were the fools so for exactly. Trump um, we cannot rest on our laurels we have to keep fighting mm -hmm. and just a reminder people this election that we're talking about is in March. It's March 3rd, I think. And it's March 5th. March when 5th. The primary is okay, be. we'll be prepared on the 3rd and then go vote on the 5th. That's the plan. Even better. Yes, or Send vote early. Your, vote yes. by mail, vote, vote early. Yeah, vote early. Definitely. Don't vote often. No. But <laughs> don't vote often. I like that, but vote early vote and vote, early. vote by mail. So, yes, in March. So, that's only a few months away. We were just talking about how and the end of the year is going to be a freaking And I say this every time there's an election, I'm going to say it again. Vote by mail. I've been doing it for 20-some years, mm -hmm. and it's so easy. You have time to review all the issues and look at the candidates and all that. Some people, I know Kayla's going to say she likes to go physically and vote, and I know some people who do that, and I that's great. I just like the sticker. I like to wear that sticker mm -hmm. everywhere, I and I'm too. like, yo, but look my, at me. I my, got a sticker. Yeah, my thing is so many people, not you, of course, but so many people say, oh, I only vote in person, and then the day comes and, and something happens, mm -hmm. and they don't get no, out no, there no. to vote. So. I vote early. You 
now usually, but I yeah. do miss getting my sticker. I'm going to have to, you know what I need? I just, I'm going to make my own stickers. I'm just going to make a sticker. Then you won't have to go. I then won't. you won't be voting. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going <laughs> to vote. Of course I'm going to vote. I'm just going to give out stickers to everybody. Okay. Well, Dion, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Maybe we'll have you back closer to the election to see how things are going. But, um, and we will link to your Facebook page once it's up and running. And we will definitely be keeping an eye out for the website. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, Kayla and Chris. Thank you. All right, so let's talk about some other stuff in the news we here. We do have. We have some good news and some bad news. Um, I have mostly good news because I'm the optimist. So you want to start? Oh, yeah. You want some bad news? Do you, you want to ring your bell? Does I, that make you feel more optimistic it, when you ring your bell? You know what? No. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Well, my first little bit of good news, I have to give a shout out to the Popper Rangers who won the, the kickball championship last weekend. Um, the just season- so you all know, we're actually on a break from kickball right now for yeah, a couple of months. The season just ended. That's what I she said. she can't let it go. No, so of go course ahead. not. So my team ended up as third, which is pretty awesome. It's the highest we've ever it gotten. It was a very exciting uh, and it last was a game. Very exciting between the Kellys and the Poppers. It went into sudden death. You know, the time of the game where there's all these weird rules. Um, It was very close. There are a lot of weird rules. There's a lot of weird rules. So so weird that they have to review what the weird rules are every time the weird rules come up. Yes, exactly. So, a big shout out to Linda, who is the kickball manager for kickball. And kickball will be starting back up again in January on the 20th. Registration will open in December. And they're always looking for new teams or people to join. Teams. Are we going to be at a different park this time? I don't know. That's not okay. my. That's not my call. But okay. um, you can join as a free agent. It's out loud sports. So, anyways, but congratulations to the Poppers. They did a great season they and they played well. Obviously. Okay. So, um, Chris. <laughs> Yes. Uh-oh. I don't like that laugh. <laughs> so remember how in. Um, <laughs> Do you remember how in June Target was like, look at our pride stuff, and then people got all twitchy oh, about it? Yeah. And <laughs> have you seen the, the new Christmas Target? stuff? Here, I'm showing you a picture. Oh, my God, I haven't <laughs> seen that one. She's showing me a picture of a nutcracker that's all in rainbow colors and a big old purple feather on his There's head. There's like sequins. This is so gay. <laughs> He's like almost $50, so I don't know who's going to be buying this so man. L- let's but... just talk about this for a second. <laughs> oh, my God. What do you think this is? Now, I'm all for... Um, rainbow capitalism? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but do you really think a lot of people are buying rainbow no, nutcrackers? I mean, It's not even going to be available at every store. That's oh. the thing. That's why it's rainbow capitalism. I, always, I mean, I'm, I'm totally in support of all these... Co- I, I'm, I'm one of those people. There's two arguments here. One is they're just coming after us for our money. They don't really mm-hmm. care about us. I don't care if they care about us. You know, I'm, I, they're, they're, it's visibility. That's why I'm in support of it, the visibility part of it. But come on, I'm just thinking. Yeah. I mean, they've gotten in trouble this year. So yeah. I just, you just got to, and I know this stuff pandering. is planned way well, ahead of time. And then, so. But I like the, I couldn't find a good picture of it, but they all, apparently also have some um, ornaments that just say like, love is love. And those things are cute. Oh, like yeah, I yeah. like the little things, so, you know, the affordable things. But this is a nutcracker going in a pride parade marching down the street here. Yeah, that's, that's a nutcracker that would scare Brando. Yeah. Right? Right? <laughs> scare him right oh, out of his shoes. We should send it to him. Oh, no, I'm not spending $50 on that, man. I will take really, my $50. Really, this is $50? It's like $42, $47, 40 $61. Oh, well, I'll see you on that website. Anyways, so, yeah, that's something fun to look forward to is all the cool Christmas and um, gay well, decorations. Well, hey, keep standing up for us, Target, you know? Yeah, do, you do you. The <laughs> biggest, my biggest fear is that these corporations back down, which just empowers the, the naysayers and the people against us. So don't back down. Yeah, yeah, we need more rainbow stuff at And Target. Bud Light's starting to come back, which is great news. So um, those people who drink Bud what Light. What else you got, sure. girl? Um, okay, well, let's see Do you here. remember when we talked in the past about this mission? Uh, hair salon owner yeah who said she was going to cut LGB but not, not tea. the tea yeah well did you see the development on that I did not okay, please share okay so this is a salon owner in Michigan she banned certain LGBTQ customers referring to them referring them to pet groomers yes I remember she said now the establishment faces a discrimination charge she said if a human identifies as anything other than a man slash woman please seek services at a local pet groomer 
Yeah, I wish I could curse on the air, but I can't, so I won't. I'll put it in later. (laughs) Um, But after investigating multiple complaints, the Michigan Department of Civil Rights has filed a formal discrimination charge against the business on November 15th. This just happened yesterday, a couple days ago. According to a department press release, a person who answered the phone at the salon declined to comment on the charge when contacted by McClatchy News. Uh, Turning away customers on the basis of sex violates Michigan civil rights law, specifically the Elliot Larson Civil Rights Act passed in 1976. So they're going after her for a lot of what she's done on social media sites, not what she's done actually in the shop. Oh, interesting. Fingers crossed for that. The good news, opposite yeah. of that. Okay. Florida, Kalia, there's good news coming out of Florida. What? What the hell is happening to this world? I don't um, know. The U.S. Supreme Court on Thursday rejected Florida's bid to enforce a state law that targets drag show performances that challengers say unlawful has unlawful restrictions on free speech the court divided six three typical supreme court with three conservatives dissenting i'll let you guess who they are and you're right (laughs) turned away an emergency request from florida officials after lower courts blocked the law the majority did not explain its reasoning so in florida drag queens right now today are safe to keep doing what they're doing that's you know great what? News. That's a really good transition to a drag show that's coming up here in Fresno. Yeah, it's um, there. Our our dear friend Bella has organized a group that's called um, Be True to You. Be True to You. Yes, it's a it's a local nonprofit, a new nonprofit, and they do a drag festival. Now, if any of this sounds vaguely familiar, listeners, it's because last year in December they had a drag festival at Our Savior's Lutheran Church. There were Proud Boys. There's um, great audio of Chris losing his beep cookies. at people um, as they, they lost it right back at him Several and then times. yeah it was it was a thing and then as you might remember our saviors was uh, vandalized vandalized a couple months later and there's reason to believe that it was the problem anyways this year's event is not at our saviors it is actually at tipsy's tipsy's off belmont, of belmont. Yeah, yeah. and um we have a whole little segment an interview with bella talking all about what motivates her and the details of that so my name is bella and i'm the founder of fresno's drag festival that i started about five six years ago it is family friendly this year we're actually focusing on drag kings which just seems like they don't get as much of the spotlight like drag queens do and so that's why i felt that it was important to also you know showcase them as well now we do know what drag kings are but go ahead and tell the elevator pitch for the audience if anybody out there doesn't know (laughs) i apologize if i get this incorrectly I'm still also learning the. Don't worry the about it. You're good. But it's people assigned female at birth that dress as male personas. But I've also seen some people assigned male at birth that also dress up as drag kings. Not often. Those are rare, but it's mainly uh, people who were assigned female at birth that do dress up in drag. Basically, what they're doing is they're performing as males instead of female. Correct. Yeah. Basically, people performing whatever their original gender is as males. Yeah. Correct. A male persona with, you know, yes. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Very yeah. cool. So typically our festivals focus a lot on drag queens, but like I said, we have a few Kings in the area and, you know, I've seen posts and just, you know, people commenting on it where the Kings just don't get a lot of events or, you know, bookings. And so I felt like it was just important to include them as well. That's absolutely true. I, I don't know if you know, Bella, I've talked to you before, but I was a DJ and a event promoter at a club for many, many years. And we had drag Kings, but you're right. They were under the radar and they were often, you know, the drag queens would let them come in and perform, but it was, but we actually had full blaze drag king shows at the circle where we did only drag kings. Oh, nice. So I want to go back for a second to talk mm-hmm. about your event at the Savior's Church back in December of last year mm-hmm. when the Proud Boys showed up and all that. Yeah. Talk about the ramifications of that and what has come of that since then. As for me personally, I haven't seen anything come through or any attacks for me. I feel like the church itself has still received threats. Their church has been vandalized and the church continues to get the hate for hosting us last year. 
So unfortunately this year we felt that it was just important for us to kind of let them have a breather. And so we decided to move the event elsewhere, which is unfortunate because we're trying to find our home, you know, for this event. And I felt that we did do that with the church, but it's just unfortunate because of these hate groups that we have to move again, just for the safety of, you know, everyone at the church, the pastor, you know, the congregation and the board of directors and also, so yeah, they, it, it's pretty unfortunate. So where will this year's event be taking place? This year, it will be at a restaurant called Tipsy's on Belmont. Uh, they just recently opened one up in Tower, but we're going to be having it at the location on Belmont just because it's bigger, has a parking lot where we can have some vendors there. They all serve the food. And, you know, for the 21 and over, there's a small bar area. We try not to serve liquor at this event again, because it is family friendly, but it being that the, the owners of the restaurant are being amazing and donating, you know, the venue to us uh, to use that day. You know, I felt that, okay, you know, they got to make some kind of money too. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> it's a restaurant. So children are going to be allowed in, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Correct. This is right. a family friendly event. So every year it's for all ages. Okay. I didn't, wasn't able to go last year. I was out of town. Chris went, but I didn't go. So can you tell us a little bit more specifically about what the event is going to look like and what people can expect and what it costs? So we don't have a set price yet. I'm really working hard with my go-to guy for the talent. Just because of what happened last year, I'm trying really hard to actually open it up to either a very small fee just for everybody and including meet and greet, or if I can can get a couple more sponsors to have it be free to everybody. Just again, because of what happened, I, I don't want to feel, I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, you know, I don't have the money or you know, it's going to be a little scary with what's going on. I just want to encourage people to come out. Every year we do have three different segments and it's usually, we have a guest speaker. We have a Q&A section where, you know, we have people from the community. Typically it's either drag queens and drag kings that answer questions from audiences. And a lot of it is just from the youth that they just have questions like, well, how do you do your makeup and how do you, you know set a wig and how do you do this and how do you do that? So that's always popular. But our, our biggest hit is definitely the runway show where we pick audience members and we transform them into either a queen or a king. Oh, cool. And will you be doing that again this year mm -hmm. with the king? Yes. Yeah. That runway portion it will always be part of the, the festival. This year, I do have something a little different. I don't want to say exactly what it is yet, but I think people will really like it this time around. And who is your guest speaker this year? Peter. Robinson. We know Peter. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> we know For Peter sure. well. Yeah. 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 He is our guest speaker this year. I mean, he's been wonderful. He's been supportive from the very, very beginning. You know, and I just couldn't think of anyone else that could, you know, be the best speaker this time around. And, and that's why I reached out. Bella, I want to know, are you going to put him in drag? Yes. <laughs> Literally my next question. <laughs> yes, exactly. We both want that to happen. It's a no, but you know what? You never know. Maybe when he's there. Did you he's... ask him? Not yet. Not yet. No, we haven't. Oh, <laughs> let me ask him, Bella. Let oh, me ask him. Oh, my goodness. The, uh, the community <laughs> needs this. I, I yeah. guarantee you more people well, I will guess come. we got to go the day and find out if he will or not. Um, Ah, that's that's good marketing right there. You don't know. We'll guess you'll have him. to show up. Yeah, I've never out. seen Peter in Dragon, and, and I would love to see that. That would be freaking amazing. So tell us a little bit about your organization, because is this the first show you've had since the December show at Savior's Church? We did have an, a fundraiser event earlier in the year. And unfortunately, again, because at that time, the church had just been vandalized, so we couldn't host it there. We did have it at another location where, again, they they offered their venue for us. But I think because it was a, in a warehouse deep in downtown, like the industrial part of downtown Fresno, mm. we didn't get very many people to attend. It just wasn't a, a place that you would typically have a drag show you know, but I'm um, just like I had mentioned to someone that commented that, you know, we, we work with what we have. And if we can get other venues to offer their space, you know, that is more out in the open and, you know, easily accessible to others. then you know, we definitely would love to have more fundraisers. But as of right now, that it it's typically just the festival that we have. So that being said, and I know I've talked to you about this in the past, tell us about what prompted you to start this event in the first place. So my daughter, actually, my daughter and uh, one of her one of her best friends, they were minors at the time, still in high school. And they would talk about all these drag queens that were part of RuPaul's drag race and that they were coming out, you know, to one of the clubs in the tower. And they were like, man, you know, I wish we could go. But of course, being in high school, they, they couldn't attend these clubs, you know? And so I just kind of would listen and listen. And then just one day I actually was at an event as a vendor and I was listening to them. I'm like, you know what? How about we have something like that 
here. And so I'm like, well, let's look into this. And I poke my friend's brain and he's like, oh my God, that would be an amazing idea. Like, especially being family friendly, like open to all ages, you know, and it kind of just grew from there where again, my daughter and her friend were like, man, that'd be so cool. And they let their friends know. And it kind of just how it started. (laughs) That's amazing. What do the kids say to you about how drag affects them? I think a lot of the kids are kind of intimidated or when they do come up to me, the answer I hear the most is that they appreciate and love how supportive I am as a parent, right? You know, because again, I, I they they ask, well, well, how did you start this? Or why did you start this? And it's always, oh, because of my daughter, you know, and, and they appreciate that. And they're always like, can I can I give you a hug? And so I think it's like that mother hug is so like, okay, you know, sure, why not? So it's not so much about the drag that they talk to me about It's I appreciate you for doing this for us. Oh, cool. Cool. So tell us where people find the event, how they find you. So there is an event page on Facebook under Fresno's Drag Festival. That's our DBA now. So we're actually under Be True to You. We are a nonprofit now. And so officially. And so any ticket sales would be- Wait, wait, that's good. Let's let's stop (laughs) there because we didn't mention that. You're an official nonprofit. Yeah. Yeah. So we made it official last year. Yeah. Which means people can give you money and it's tax deductible. (laughs) And it's called Be True to You. Be True to You. Yeah. Be True to You you know, because everybody knows it by Fresno Drag Festival. So I had to leave that in there, you know, but that is our main event, our main fundraiser for this organization. So you have an event page on Facebook, but do you have a social media for just Fresno Drag Festival uh, yeah, website? It's on, it's on Instagram, like our pictures, anything of the events that we do, all our pictures go to Instagram. What is your Instagram handle? Fresno's Drag Festival. But as far as getting tickets, it's on the Facebook page. But like I said, I, I'm really really hoping, crossing my fingers, toes and eyes, you know, that we can get get enough sponsors and we're able to actually offer it for free this year. Again, just because of what happened last year. Right. Because I mean, you want to, you want to make it free for people, but you have expenses, you have things to cover. So people need to donate. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Tell us the date and time of the event. It's uh, December 9th, which is a Saturday and it's from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Okay. And the location is Tipsy's Tacos and Beer Uh at 3848 Belmont Avenue in Fresno. Correct. So Bella, do you already have all your performers lined up? Do you need more? And uh, how many do you have? It's been so hard to get drag queens locally to perform. How many do you have? I have four coming from the Bay. And then locally, I only have one signed up. Yeah, I would love to have more Kings, you know, and I, if I can't find any, then I'll have to bring in some Queens. But this whole event, I mean, the theme is Rise of the Kings, you know, right, I, right, I right. would love to have more Kings. It's just been so hard. Again, I've had so many reach out from out of state, but right. Right, budget wise, it's just it's not. All right. Anything else you want to tell us, Bella? It's word of mouth, honestly is what what helps get these events out there and letting people know that families that have kids, you know, that can't go to these clubs or that aren't able to afford, you know, these high priced (laughs) events, you know, where the drag queens are, you know, that we still have something local and to, you know, help promote and help just basically continue this event every year. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Bella. We appreciate your time. All right. Thank you. Thank you again so much to Bella for your time in talking to us about this event. It's coming up fast in December. December 9th. December 9th. So mark your calendars and get ready for it. Okay. You have some more news? I have. This is not great. Uh, The latest Pew Research Center study came out and it said overall 57% of Americans say science has had a mostly positive effect on society. That share is down 8 percentage points since November 2021. So basically what this study is saying is that uh, Americans are trusting in science less and less and less as time goes by, at least in this current climate. I think that it also probably reflects that scientists keep telling us bad news and nobody likes getting the bad news about, you know, climate change and the fact that we're screwing over the planet. So true. Yeah. People are going to be mad about and and conservatives are mad because scientists are saying, yo, trans people are people. Right. Exactly. That it all ties in. um, Yeah. So and it's all very tribal. You know, once you start promoting this stuff in the mass media, which has been going on for a few years now, um, people just start agreeing with it. Yeah. Um, without and, and yet we trust science when we, you know, break our arm or 
or we get the flu or, or we want to turn on the light or we want to turn on the light I or mean, it's all science. you know how we get water to the house all of this is science we trust it in all those circumstances but not when we don't want to see the ugly picture of climate change or we don't want to acknowledge that uh, LGBTQ yeah. people exist and exactly. are just as natural as anybody else. Indeed, indeed. It's a selective decision-making for sure. Um, a little bit more good news, speaking kind of on all of this, is what's going on in Florida with Pink. Yeah. Yay, She's I getting love backlash, Pink. though. Did you see that? Uh, well, people are I saying mean, it's not those books. A lot of the books on her list are not actually banned. But again, this is a gray area, what right? we're talking about. And it's books. It's books. It's free books to people who want free books. And it's a message. Books. And it is a message. What I love is <laughs> I saw this thing, and I cannot find the source. I'm so sorry. But it's probably better this way. This guy was like, Taylor Swift got people to register to vote, and Pink is handing out books to people. What is it with these teeny boppers and their leftist agenda? They're going against the Republican Party. It's Pink like, is a teeny bopper. Okay, first of all, neither one of them are teeny boppers. Pink is older than me. And second of all, um, excuse me, if your political party is anti-people registering to vote and anti-people reading, I think you need a better political party. Is this our first mention of Taylor Swift on our show? <gasps> it might be. Are we becoming Swifties? Oh, one of us is already there. Oh, I said to a person at work yesterday, she, somebody mentioned Taylor Swift and she just all blossomed about Taylor Swift. I said, you're not one of those quickies, are you? She <gasps> goes, <laughs> you mean a Swifty? I said, oh, a Swifty, right, not a quickie. <laughs> I like the quickie term more. Though. Well, you just like quickies. Oh, and if you guys were following that story out of Texas where a trans student was removed from the, the play Oklahoma because they were trans, they have reversed that decision and um, job, put Texas. that student back in. And uh, we'll close this on the music note since we were okay. just talking about music. Lawrence County native Tyler Childers, who did that song, yes. uh, In Your Love, that we love so yes. much, is up for five 2024 Grammy nominations, including Best Country Solo Performance, Best Country Song, this is all for the same song, Best Country Album, and Best Music Video for In Your Love, which is an amazing video. And then author Silas House, the current Poet Laureate of Kentucky, uh, is who's best known for books Lark Ascending and Southernmost, also received a Grammy nomination for Best Music Video for yeah, that video. Yeah, because that video was great. You know yeah. who also is up for a bunch of Grammys? Who? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Okay, so we're going to have to have a whole Swifty quickie. Um, don't you like quickie better? I mean, I, I... Yes. Yeah. Okay. Admit it. Admit it. You do. Okay, people. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Chris, I am thankful for you, and I am and thankful for I our listeners. Even the you. Even the person in Belize, I, you know, everyone, I'm just, this is, I'm generally thankful. Thank All you. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Everybody enjoy. Be nice to your families and friends, and we will see you next time.